Let me start by saying that I had a, a totally different message that I was working on. And yesterday morning, one of the saints sent me a, a video uh, and said, Pastor Norm, have you seen this? And I hadn't. And I read a little bit about it, and then I thought, well, you know, I probably should watch some of it just to make sure it's okay. And uh, I started watching it. And it really changed the message completely for today. It's, it's not one of those warm and fuzzies. Not that I ever preach a warm and fuzzy. Seldom. But it's, it's a message of urgency. Um, the title is Today the Day. For 2,000 years, the church has been saying, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Can you say that with me? Jesus is coming back. Do you believe it? You say that awful quick. That's what today's message is all about. There's a man, happens to be a deputy, Deputy Marty Breeden, and he had a near-death experience a few years back. And when he died, he was brought into the presence of the Lord. Now, anybody here ever die and come back? Obviously, if you died and didn't come back, you wouldn't be here, but you have. Glory has. Did you experience any kind of a, a heavenly atmosphere in that moment? You did. I've never been there. But Deputy Marty Breeden, I want to say it right, did. He met Jesus. And what God told him, I believe, is something we as a church, we really need to get this in our spirit. Because the day is coming soon. It could be today. It could be today. And you and I should believe that. There should be such an anticipation in you right now that Jesus is coming back that you wouldn't dare do anything that would displease Him. Because you want to be what? Ready. Ready. Ready or not, here I come. Anybody ever say that? We used to play hide and go seek. Ready or not, here I come. Well, Jesus is saying that to the church. Ready or not, here I come. So here is this urgent message, and this is what the Lord shared with him. First he started out, he said, my church does not really believe that I'm coming back. My church does not really believe that I'm coming back soon. So first it was, they didn't believe he was coming back because it's been 2,000 years. And then he said, soon. How many are still playing the game? How many that profess to be a Christian are still playing the game? You know what I mean by that, right? They've still got a world, a foot in the world. They've still got a foot in the kingdom. They haven't chosen yet which way to go. 
My church does not really believe that I'm coming back soon, for if they did, they would not be living as they are. Listen, this is an indictment. And I'm not pointing fingers at you, I'm pointing it at the church, capital C. If we really believe that he was coming back soon, would we be living like we are right now? Ask yourself that. What's going on in your private life, in your secret space, that you don't want anybody knowing? The problem is, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And you know, we all have an angel. That poor angel gets to overlook everything you're doing. Are you embarrassing? Are you living for God? Or are you just a pretender? Marty had this out-of-body experience later. And he said, whether I was in the body or not, I don't know. Whether I really went there, I'm not sure. Paul had one of these experiences. But he said, the Lord placed him on a football field. (laughs) Any football players, watchers here? I've never watched football, but this year, it's like every game my family seems to be watching it if it's on. I don't know what's up with that. Never been that way. So when he said this, what I'm about to tell you, what God showed him, I was like, oh, this is what he showed him. How many football players know what this means? How much time's left on the clock? You're almost down to the what? Which means what? You better do whatever you were going to do, and you better be ready to do it, because you ain't got much time left. Forgive my improper grammar. That's what the Lord showed Marty. Deputy Breeden. Now, I don't know about you, but when I saw this, and then he started saying, and the Lord said, warn them. Warn them. Now, that's pretty cool, right? This is what the Lord did. Marty had this vision. He's in his room, in the hospital, trying to recover. He was in there many weeks. And by the way, if you look him up, you'll, you'll find him. There's actually videos on him if you want to go see the whole thing. But I'm just, I'm just touching the surface. He had these ladies stop in his room, and the one lady said, Let me tell you something, Mr. Breeden. We had no intention of coming and seeing you this morning. And they weren't trying to be rude. They were just being point blank. Becky and I... We're going to see other patients this morning when we passed your room in the hallway. She was going one way, I was going the other way. And let me tell you, we're both spiritual Christians, the lady said. We're both followers of Jesus. And that's important. I mean, you want to hear that, right? We both hear from the Lord, she said. And as we were passing in the hall, When we got in front of your door, we both saw this in the Spirit, the number two. 
It was superimposed on your door. One of the women asked the Lord, Lord, what does this mean? And the Holy Spirit spoke to her and she said, he said, go in and ask that man in that room if he knows what this number two means and he'll know exactly what it represents. Now, if you had a vision from the Lord like this and the Lord spoke this into your spirit and then you came back and you went through your therapy and all that and then a couple of ladies spiritual believers came and said they saw the number two on your door and the Lord told them now ask him what it means what would that do to your faith wouldn't you be going oh this is real God showed this to me for a reason I'm supposed to tell people and that's what he's been doing for the last several years, telling people about the warning, the two-minute warning. What are, be, what are we being warned of? The imminent return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is coming back. He is coming back for His church. If you don't believe, at the end of this service, I'll give you a chance to invite him into your life. If you do believe, but you aren't living for Jesus today, I'll give you a chance to repent and to make things right. If you are living in a sinful lifestyle, listen, every person in this room has got to evaluate their own life. I'm not looking at you, I'm not pointing my finger at you, but the Holy Spirit is. He examines your heart. And if you're doing things in your life that are questionable, then they're wrong. Did you hear that? If you're doing things, if you're living outside of God's plan for you, then that's sinful. And if you keep doing it, what's going to happen? Do sinful people go to heaven? You need to put that under the blood, and I'm going to give you opportunity at the end of this message. To repent. I believe this two minute warning is God saying to us, It's time. Get ready for my return. Stop fooling around. I want you to be with me forever, but you have to do your part in this. And you have to stop living in sin. It can't be who you are. Each one of us is called to be holy, for our God is holy. And when we're in heaven, there's not going to be any place for sin. There are a bunch of scriptures that allude to that, and I don't need to get into that today. But God is saying, I'm giving you a short time to get things right with me. And if you don't act now, if you continue to act as though you have all the time in the world, you are going to end up coming up short, and you're going to end up being left behind. There's a series on that, I think. Somebody did that a few years back called Left Behind. You might want to watch that if that's you and you're, and you're playing like I'm talking about here. You're going to be left in this dark world. And I promise you, if you are, 
it's going to be one of the deepest regrets that you ever have. Once that trumpet blows, once the church is taken up, you had better be on the other side. Just look at... I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to stop. Marty had a, another dream that went along with all of this, and this happened on 318 of last year. And he called it the six approaching storms. You know, again, I'm just giving you a little highlights of this. If you need to go and listen to this if you, if you choose to. Um, hopefully it'll minister to you like it did me. Because what it's done for me, and, and, and I'm, I'm talking about us in the sense of first, making sure we're right with God. That has to be, you have to be healthy for you can help somebody else. All right, so that's church's call, right? Get healthy, then you can help other people. So once we take care of business, if we haven't, then what should we be doing with this message? Warning people that he's coming back. Well, they're just going, well, yeah, we've been hearing this for two So what? If, if the Lord is telling his church, warn people, we better be warning people. Listen to this. This the six-step storm. It started out in a fury, and, and each storm was named after uh, animals and birds. And I'm not even going to bring those up because it doesn't really matter. Let me just say this. The first three were so severe that the weathermen, I'm guessing on TV, this is what he saw in the dream, what the weathermen ran out of color to give the different storms. There were so many and they were so severe, they didn't have enough colors to represent how severely these storms hit. Now I'm believing that this is an indictment for the United States of America. We've been sitting on our soft spots for way too long, allowing the world to bypass us. And I believe the Lord's saying enough. Enough. He's had enough. And He wants to bring us home. And let me tell you, it, it's going to heat up very, very soon. And when these storms hit, something miraculous is going to happen. He said He saw in the vision the people started to repent. They started to weep and cry out to the Lord and ask for mercy. This was after the third one. Devastation had happened. <clears throat> Christian and non-Christian had died during the first three. They were just horrendous. I don't know what those storms represent. If they're, if they're literal storms or if they represent something else. And I'm going to share something else here in just a minute that might allude to what the, what the storms are. So the third one happens, people start repenting, and the, the television personalities, and you know this doesn't happen today, they started going on the air and saying, people are repenting of their sins. They were saying it on public TV. You know that doesn't happen today. This would be a miracle. But it took three cataclysmic strikes against this nation 
to get them to finally repent. That's how hardened people's hearts are today. I hope you're receiving this. The good news is after the first three, and he didn't know how many were, were wiped out, how many were killed, but after the first three, God heard their prayers of repentance, and he softened the last three. They weren't as severe as the first. This is heavy. Do you believe that God's speaking to his church today? Do you sense in your spirit that this could be from the Lord? One of you said amen. The rest of you, do you sense that this could be from the Lord? This urgency, this two-minute warning. I don't think it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't think this man's far off, all right? I sense in my spirit, and when I first watched it, I was like, all right, Lord, if this is what you want me to share with these people, I will. What curbed the vicious weather patterns? The people repented of their sins. Now let me add here, because I, I didn't want it to be all doom and gloom. I, I don't like these kind of messages, but they're necessary. For the blood-bought, born-again believer, for the folks that are living for Jesus, he's watching over us. If you look back to the Old Testament, and, and I've got a few scriptures I wanted to share you can actually start turning there to Joshua 24 if you want, if you have your sword with you, your Bible. Realize that God delivered his people from the overlords. He, he delivered them out of slavery. He provided for them, kept them safe, fed them, made sure that, that they were taken care of. He didn't just call them by his name and then just, Eh. And the same is true for you and me. If you really love God, He's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you from your enemies. He's going to protect you as He did in the Old Testament from foreign gods. If you really watch TV, I don't recommend it very often, but when you do, what do you see continually? Other gods. Pulling people away from the Lord. Taking their vision off of Him and putting it on something nasty out here. God loved His people. He delivered them from 400 years of slavery. He destroyed the Egyptian army that was chasing them. And then the Lord made sure that they were fed and watered while they walked 40 years in the desert. We'll find out more about that when we get to heaven. That's a long time. But as I watch people here on this planet, and I think of the modern day church, are we any different? Because we get ourselves in those ruts, man, and we, we just we can't seem to break free from it. But God's given us the victory.
eventually the Lord led his people to the promised land and eventually you and I are going to see the promised land. Their promised land was a literal place and I believe it was a symbol of what was to come. Our promised land is real. It's forever and it's called what? Heaven. Are you excited about going? The Lord told them he was going to lead them into the promised land. The land that they were to take by faith as he gave it to them. I want to start reading in Joshua 24, verse 11. I do have it up behind me. This is the NLT. When you crossed the Jordan River, and this was, this was when they were coming in to take the land. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you. You remember that story? Big walls all the way around it. They're up there laughing at them. If you ever see the VeggieTales version of this, it's kind of cool. <laughs> You'll never get us! As they're throwing things down on them. <laughs> but after seven days, what happened? Whoa! All they had to do was take a hike, take a walk, and blow their trumpets. We need to blow our trumpets. We do. John, you're way up in the front, man. Perfect opportunity, but you're way up in the front. He blows the trumpet once in a while. That's what I was talking about. If you didn't know that. All right, back to the story. The men of Jericho fought against you, as did, here goes the list, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Listen to this last part. But I gave you victory over them. That's my highlight, by the way. Who gave them the victory? God. All they had to do was walk around, take a little field trip. Their part was simple. Be obedient. Do what I tell you to do, and the victory is yours. He's telling the church today that the very same thing. Come after me, be obedient, and the victory is yours. Verse 12. I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you the land you had not worked on. And I gave you the towns you did not build. The towns where you are now living. I gave you the vineyards and the olive groves for food though you did not plant them. Everything the people, the Israelite people had, was a provision from God. Now, I don't know where you're at today, but I want to promise you this. If you are a blood-bought, born-again believer, and you are confessing Jesus as Lord, and you're living for Him, He is going to provide for you. I love this right here. One of the brothers in the church made this, his company, and it was just fitting today to wear the faith shirt because that's what we're talking about. you got to believe. Your life will not change until you believe. you got to have faith that God is who he says he is in this book, that every jot and tittle was put there by the Holy Ghost. Yes, men wrote it, but God gave them the unction to write it. Everything in there is God-breathed. 
And when you get that in your spirit, you can't go wrong because every promise you find in there is what? Yes and amen in Christ. How cool is that? So if we want the victory and we want God to get the glory for the way we're living our lives, it's really simple. Our part? All right, we're done. Let's go home. No, I'm not. Our part. Be obedient. Poke your neighbor and say, we need to be obedient. Obedient to what? You need to do what he tells you to do. Do you believe God still speaks? All right, first place that he speaks? Right here. Start here. Everything you hear has to line up with this. If it's not here, it's... All right? If it is here, it's hallelujah glory. Yes and amen. Because you can stand on that. If it's not here... I was going to have you do that, but I didn't want you to bless your neighbor. <laughs> Keep your own spittle to yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying here, though? This book has got to be a part of who you are. It can't just be Sunday morning on the sidelines like we watch football games. You've got to be a participator. My English is out the window today. I'm sorry. Do what he tells you to do. Hear this. Say what he tells you to say. Too many of us. Did God tell you to do that? Well, then what are you saying it for? Say what he tells you to say. If we'll do this, the Lord will bring us victory. The victory is ours. And he will get the glory. Amen? Let's continue reading. I want to jump down to verse 14. So fear the Lord. Do what? Keep that in your spirit. Fear the Lord and serve Him a little bit. What does that mean? Can you be a part-time participator? Is that wholehearted? Fear the Lord, serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away your idols forever. Your ancestors worshipped. Excuse me. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. They're all out there. They're, they're all around. Some of these ancient gods are being resurrected. I don't know if you know that. And they're going back to worshipping these people again. It's crazy. And then he says, serve the Lord alone. Have no other God before you. Only one. Jesus. If you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. So if you're not serving God, stop playing around. Figure out who, who you're going to serve. You're going to serve the God of lust? Huh? God of pornography? The God of drug abuse? Out of hate? Wow. 
Choose you this day whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods our ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? He's saying, if so, go for it. Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Are you going to let the culture influence who you are? Or are you going to listen to me? That's what God's saying to us today. We have a choice. We can fall into this trap. Oh man, it's okay if you do this sin and if you do that sin. It's all right. No, it isn't. It's sinful. And it will prevent you from entering the kingdom of God. And I love the last part, but it's for me and my family. Ah, we will serve the Lord. It's for me and my family. Hey, we've made a choice, all right? None of this mamby-pamby, halfway in, halfway out stuff. No way. We are choosing. So choose you this day whom you will serve. Are you feeling rocked yet? Is the Holy Ghost working on you at all? Or was he just doing this with me? I believe this is real. The timing of this is real. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. What? That's, that's the King James, all right? I'll get into that in just a minute and I'll explain what that is. What, what in the world? He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle? Come on, pastor, what language are you talking We'll talk about that in a minute. First, though, let me say this. Marty had another vision. This is more recent. And he felt the Lord showed him that this year, 2019, was going to be the year of great divide. Huh. Imagine that. We've already seen this in America. Now, what I'm about to tell you is not in the Bible. Well, some of it is. The dividing part is. I'll share that in a moment. But what I am saying is, I believe the Holy Spirit is showing us we're at this place. This year is the year of great divide. And I believe we've already seen that here in America. If you stand for anything righteous, if you hold to anything but a loose moral conviction, then you are going to be persecuted, and our enemy, the devil, is going to fight against you and me. We represent God. He's going to come at us. I don't know what this means other than you and I need to be prepared. When it happens, don't be going, I can't believe it. I got somebody yelled at me for my faith. Don't be surprised. Be prepared. When you have that shortfall at the end of the week and it shouldn't be there, understand the devil wants to kick your butt. Sorry. Excuse me. I told you my language was out. That's as bad as it's going to get, though. I slipped. This message is all over me today. I don't know if you can tell it. That means the Holy Spirit's all over me today. I didn't work this up. He's here. 
He's telling us, church, listen to this message. I'm coming back. I'm coming back soon. Be prepared. If you look around us today, our moral fabric is coming apart. You might think it can't get any worse, but believe me, it is going to. We have not seen anything yet. It's a rough world out there. Let's be prepared. We need to come clean. We need to grab everybody we can to come along with us. Especially our families. Man, if, you're not, if your family's not born again, you need to be talking to them. Stop being careful and start sharing what the, the Holy Spirit's been sharing with you. Because there's coming soon. Two-minute warning, coming soon. Time to go. Isaiah 5, 20 and 24. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. If this does not show us today the way people are living, I don't know what does. Verse 22. What sorrow for those who are heroes at drinking wine and boast about all the alcohol they can hold. They take bribes to let the wicked go free and they punish the innocent. And now the judgment part. Therefore, just as fire licks up stubble and dry grass shrivels in the flame, so their roots will rot and their flowers wither, for they have rejected the law of the Lord of Heaven's armies. This last part, they have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. What have we eliminated but the Word of God? Because we're so wise. We're so smart. And look at our schools. And look at what's happening with our children. The nonsense with this sexual age drives me absolutely bonkers. And i got to believe this is one of the things that God is just going, I can't take this anymore. They're taking my innocent children and they're doing things so perverted with them. He can't even fathom it. And he's God. And this is what we're doing to our children today. God, help us and forgive us. The day of judgment. God's righteous judgment is coming. Now, we know this. No man knows the hour. Or the day. But Jesus told us that we would know the season. And I believe we're in that season. What do we do with this knowledge? Do what Jesus told us to do. Moving to Matthew chapter 24. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. And how was it then? It actually goes on to tell us. We don't have to guess. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. You still with me? Two men will be working 
Together in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be, will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, one left. You could say two men will be working in the factory, one taken and one left. Two women, not to be sexist, two women will be working in the restaurant. One will be taken, one left. One taken, wait, I said that right. That's how it's going to be. When Jesus comes back, are you going to be the taken one? Or are you going to be the left one? You know, whenever God talks about things on the left, it's usually not good. Where were the goats? On the left. Where were the sheep? On the right. Where is God? Jesus. The right hand of the Father. Not the left hand. Don't be left. Be right. So you too must keep watch. Say that with me. We must keep watch. For you don't know what day, what day your Lord is coming. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. We, we have set ourselves up, church, America. When you look at how we're running this country and how the church is behaving, assuming that Marty... And there are many other prophets, not just Marty, that, that has been proclaiming this. There are many others who have been saying this very same thing. They've been sounding an alarm as they've heard from the Lord. And we have to realize the reason that God is telling his prophets, sound the alarm. Give them the two-minute warning is because he doesn't want us left behind. He wants us to be with Him forever and ever and ever. But we have to purpose in our heart to do our part. And we have to be obedient to the call that He's placed on us. And we've got to stop playing games, folks. Here's the last one. Marty's most recent prophecy. 1518, August of last year. Again, Marty had a dream. Not the kind of dream that anybody wants to have. You ever had one of those dreams where you're fighting in it? My wife in here? Or she, she's probably somewhere else. Last week, I was kicking so bad. I was trying to kick the knife out of somebody's hand in my dream. And I was doing... Is, what do you call it, roundabout kicks? Uh, roundhouse kicks. I'm trying to do that from under the covers. She's right next to me, all right? This is like 3 or 4 in the morning, and all of a sudden I feel, Norm, Norm, wake up, Norm. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh! oh, that was not real. Yeah, tell me about it. So I try to put myself in Marty's place, with what he saw next, it was so horrendous 
he didn't really want to share it. In fact, he kept part of it from the details. He saw two soldiers, and he thought that they were jumping into a Humvee, and they were preparing to, to go out to battle. And this is what he heard. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. I know you've been a soldier. You hear something like, this is not a drill. What do you think your insides are going to feel like? Like, oh, this is it. All right, what did he see? He saw missiles coming toward a city in America and striking that city. He wouldn't give the name of it because he didn't want people to freak. But he said the Lord showed him specifically where it was. And it wasn't just the one city. That was just the start. Then there were more coming, pouring down. And I go back to that storm thing. Because it could have been a storm. It could be hurricanes. It could be whatever. We've seen that. But it also could be a shower of who knows what. Now, if Jesus is coming back, he's given us the two-minute warning, and, and if these nuclear weapons were released on us, I'm not saying, listen, this is not the gospel. This is just a scenario somebody saw as the Holy Spirit gave them this dream, and they felt like it was from the Lord, and they shared it. You do with it what you choose. But if nothing else, please hear this. Every single one of us should be concerned that we've been playing it safe. We have not been preparing ourselves. We've just been going through life like life was same, same like nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus said he'd come, but it's been over 2,000 years, you know. Missiles hit many major cities. I can't imagine. Now hear this part. I believe our nation is the most vulnerable that it's ever been. Half our government and people feel that our president isn't the president at all. I'm sure you're aware of that. These same people would rather see our country come to a halt rather than allow our president to do his job. Can you say amen to that? And I just saw where they now want to eliminate the Electoral College Remove it from the Constitution so that will no longer hinder them from being able to put the president in there with the popular vote. There was a reason the Electoral College was instituted. It's a safeguard against dictatorships. If we remove this, it's going to lead to mass chaos. Jesus said this. Mark he also said it elsewhere, but I'm choosing Mark. Mark 3.23, so he called them to himself. He said to them in a parable, and, and they, he, they had just accused him of working for the devil. So he's trying to clear this up. How can Satan cast out Satan? Because they'd said he was healing people, and they gave the credit to the devil instead of to God. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom what? cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, are you still with me? 
Jesus understood this principle, and I believe it's real. Now, if you were an enemy of the U.S. and you were looking for the right moment to strike, wouldn't this be a perfect opportunity? Is our politicians all fight over whatever? What is Marty's prophecy and all these scriptures have to do with what I've been sharing with you today? I believe it's this. We will no longer be able to straddle the fence with one foot in both worlds. Look at this mess. How this division has created this mess that we're in today. We have to choose. Which side of the line are we going to be on? Right or left? And I don't mean any political plug here. Righteousness or not? The right isn't righteous, by the way, politically speaking. Let me clarify that. There's just as many wicked people on the right as there are on the left. But righteousness, God's side. Let's make that clear, God's side. You're going to be on God's side or your side? God's side or the world's side? God's side or the devil's side? Choose you this day whom you will serve. Hallelujah. You're either going to be all in or all out. Speaking of God's kingdom. That's the choice we all need to make. As I start to wrap up, if I could get somebody to accompany me. It's nice to have you back, by the way. I know you were here last week. Why repentance? Revelation 21-27. Nothing evil. Read this with me. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Can it get any clearer? Nothing evil will be allowed in. How do you get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Repent of your sins. Sin is simply to miss the mark. God had a, a plan for us long ago. And thanks to Adam and Eve, they missed the mark. And we've been missing it ever since. To repent means to turn your life around, to do a 180. And the way I like to put it, we need to run to God, not away from Him. That's what it means to repent. So if you're missing the mark, then you need to come running. This altar's open right now. If God's speaking to you and you've been missing it, get down here and make an altar right now on your knees. Start confessing to him, Jesus is Lord of your life. For, ask him to forgive you of your sins. Jesus isn't coming back for a church that's living in sin. He's coming back for a church that's living in him. Paul speaks to this in Ephesians. 5, 25 to 27. This is actually the ESV. First he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, 
so that he might present the church. Listen to this. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor without what? Spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back for a church living in victory. A church without sin. By His grace we are saved. By faith, when we accept His free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ His Son, who paid the price for our sins on that cross infamously known as Calvary. So that you and I wouldn't have to be hung up there. He took your place so that you wouldn't have to be hung up there. That's the kind of God we serve. Through his broken body, his shed blood, we have life. And Jesus said it's life in abundance, life to the full. And if that wasn't enough, he then gave us his Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness, who ensures that we get the victory as long as we're obedient to him. There's no other way. John 16, 6 through 10, John 16, 13 through 15, they all talk about him coming and how he's going to help us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus sent him. And Jesus said, he can't come until I leave, so don't worry about the fact that I'm leaving because you're not going to be alone. You won't be like little orphans. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And whatever he receives from me, he'll give to you. The Holy Spirit is here today to help us. God loves us that much. He gave his only son to pay the price for us. He gave us his spirit to guide us through this life. Why? Because God wants us to spend eternity with him. There we will live forever. In and amongst that pouring out of his love, rivers of living waters flowing into us all the time. We've just had a glimpse of it here on this side of heaven. Would you stand? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Is He challenging you? Listen, if you're here today, every eye open, every head up, He's calling you to get down here. I don't care what it is. Maybe you haven't put your faith in him yet. Maybe you have been living a sinful lifestyle. And you know it if you have. Two minute warning. How much longer do we have? This could be the day. Isaiah said, when the spirit of truth comes, excuse me, seek the Lord while you may find him. Call on him now while he's near. That's what I'm throwing out to you today. If you're not right with him, get up here right now. 
it out one more time. If you're here today and you've never put your trust in Jesus, don't leave here without coming down. I want to pray with you. Let you come now. If you're in that place where you used to be a believer, you used to follow after him, you did everything right, and then one day you found yourself not living for him anymore. If that's you, get down here. Or if you've been living that lifestyle, that sinful lifestyle, and you know it's between you and God, it could be that, that you, you, you're holding unforgiveness towards somebody. It could be anything. It could be a religious spirit that's got its claws in you so deep and you're sitting here today going, eh. God wants you purified. Take advantage of this moment. Don't leave here without getting right with him. Anybody else? And I want to pray and we'll close. I don't want to rush this moment. Please don't be looking at these people. Look at your own heart right now. This isn't a spectator. This isn't a circus. This is reality right here. If you need to be here, get out here. Father God, you know every heart in this room. You brought us here for a reason today. And Lord, I believe that you have something for every one of us. If we do our part, if we're obedient, Lord, you're here to change us, shape us, and mold us. For those who have come down, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, just impart supernatural strength, healing, Lord, if they need their sins forgiven, help them with that. Whatever it is they're struggling with, if they haven't been living for you, help them with that. If they've been living a sinful lifestyle, Lord, help them break that, whatever's got its hold on them, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the altar. I thank you for this safe refuge where we can, by faith, grab hold of the pillars of the altar and hang on knowing that nothing can get us as long as we're clinging to you. That's what these people are doing today. They're clinging to you. God, I pray for victory in their lives in the name of Jesus. sensed an urgency since yesterday 
to, to pray. So this Wednesday night, I just want to throw this out. If you know people who need Jesus, family, friends, co-workers, if you can be, be here at 7 o'clock and bring their names with you. You, know, you might want to write them down. I want to spend Wednesday night praying for these lost people and however God leads us that night. But it'll be an hour of prayer dedicated to uh, the lost. So that's this Wednesday if you like to avail yourself. Because I do feel that on the other end of this, as much as it's important that we all get ready and right, what are we going to do with what God's done with us? Are we going to keep it locked up, covered up, so nobody can use it? Are we going to go out there and tell them, Jesus is coming back. Come to him while you may. Come to him while the time is still good. Come to him. Church, if we're quiet, how many people are going to go to hell? We need to be his voice. He draws them in, but we help that process. We wouldn't be here if God didn't need us or want to use us. I should put it that way. He doesn't need us. He chooses to use us. Heavenly Father, seal every dedication here today with the blood of Jesus. Wash us clean. Lord, for every saint in this room, help us to speak to those that we know are not serving you and to give them that two-minute warning. Spiritually speaking, Jesus is coming back. Lord, we love you, and we commit this church, this body of believers, into your hands today. Now keep us safe in our coming and going. We pray this in Jesus' name.